0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on providing our listeners with an up-to-date overview of the Kenyan financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy... We have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets, where we present a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment, where we review the performance of the major markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week, so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in financial markets but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may also be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, and business leaders. This week we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 34th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 22nd to Friday the 26th of August. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri and together let's dive right in. We start in China, where the People's Bank of China cut its five-year prime rate by 15 basis points to 4.3% and lowered its one-year prime rate by five basis points to 3.65%. This move is seen as an attempt to revive credit demand and fire up the Chinese economy, which has been hurt by the extended COVID lockdowns and property debt problems. At the same time, China's GDP growth for quarter two fell below expectations as the Chinese economy recorded a measly growth of just 0.4% in the second quarter of 2022, that is as compared to a year ago. This was below a Reuters forecast for growth of 1% as the economy struggled to shake off the impact of the strict lockdowns following the worst COVID outbreak since the height of the pandemic in early 2020. Moving over to the U.S., the Fed's preferred measure of inflation showed that price increases slowed down in the month of July. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, that is the PCE, rose by 6.3% in July, which was down from 6.8% in June. The core PCE index, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, showed a raise of just 4.6%. The key highlight for the week was the much-anticipated annual policy speech by the Fed Reserve Chairman at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. The Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, delivered a stern commitment to halting inflation and warned that the central bank will continue raising interest rates in a way that will cause some pain to the U.S. economy. Powell affirmed that the Fed will use its tools forcefully in order to attack inflation that is running near its highest levels in more than 40 years. Speaking at the same symposium, European Central Bank policymakers also argued for significant policy action in the Eurozone to deal with the escalating inflation and partly to keep pace with the US Federal Reserve, which is moving aggressively to deal with the same challenge. On Tuesday, the Euro traded at a 20 year low of 0.99 against the US dollar with analysts predicting that the single currency will continue to slide. The two major factors contributing to the euro's weakness are the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, as well as the widening differential in interest rates between the U.S. dollar and the euro. In the U.S. equity market, stocks plummeted on Friday after the Fed chairman's speech where he affirmed the central bank's commitment to aggressively fighting against inflation. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped about 1,000 points to 32,283. The S&P 500 fell 3.3% to 4,057, and the Nasdaq Composite slid 3.9% to 12,141. All the major averages declined for the second consecutive week with the Dow tumbling 4.2%, the S&P lost about 4%, and the Nasdaq was down about 4.4%. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields were higher on Friday, taking cue from the Fed Chairman's comments that the central bank will continue to raise interest rates in order to bring down inflation. The 10-year Treasury yield traded up to 3.032%, and the two-year rate also rose to 3.382%. Moving over to the commodity market, oil prices rose on Friday, boosted by signals from Saudi Arabia that OPEC could reduce its oil output. Brent crude rose $1.65 to settle at $101 a barrel. The U.S. benchmark, WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, rose $0.50 to settle at $93 a barrel. For the week, Brent gained 4.4%, while WTI rose by 2.5%. The price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, increased to about $102 a barrel, compared to $94.4 a barrel the previous week. Gold was also affected by the Fed Chairman's speech as the price of gold fell 1.25% on Friday to close the week at $1,736 per ounce. For your information, gold is considered a hedge against inflation. However, rising interest rates tend to dent the appeal of the non-yielding asset. And now we change scene to the Kenyan market, starting off with exchange rates. During the week under review, the Kenyan shilling remained stable against both international and regional currencies. The Kenyan shilling was trading at 119.86 versus the US dollar and 141.28 to the sterling pound and 119.13 to the euro. Against the regional currencies, 1 Kenya shilling was changing hands at 31.79 Ugandan shillings and 19.46 Tanzanian shillings and 8.61 Rwandese francs. The outlook for the dollar remains positive, especially after the Fed chairman adopted a hawkish tone against inflation. The dollar index was up 0.33%, to 108.83, however the index is still holding below a 20-year high of 109.29 that was hit on the 14th of July. On the contrary, the outlook for the shilling remains negative as the Kenyan shilling continues to depreciate versus the US dollar, driven mainly by local demand for the greenback which continues to far outstrip supply. Case in point, over the past two years, the shilling has depreciated from a rate of 101.35, that was a rate recorded as at the 2nd of January 2020, to the current levels of 119.86, a decline of more than 17%. Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at $7.6 billion, that is equivalent to 4.39 months of import cover, This meets the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, despite the reassurance from the central bank, we note with concern the significant decline in reserves from a peak of $8.81 billion recorded on the 30th of December 2021 to the current levels of $7.6 billion, a decline of $1.21 billion in a period of just eight months. For your information, foreign exchange reserves are assets such as cash, deposits, treasury bills, and gold that are held by a central bank mainly to support the country's balance of payments. The forex reserves also help to influence a country's exchange rate as well as maintain confidence in the financial markets. In the money markets last week, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained tight as tax remittances more than offset government payments. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the cash reserve requirement currently set at 4.25% stood at 40.1 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.04%, compared to 5.53% the previous week. During the week, the average number of interbank deals declined to 31 from 33, while the average value traded decreased to 20.9 billion shillings from 21.4 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 25th of August, And the central bank received bids totalling 19.4 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of about 81%. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day rate increasing by 9.8 basis points to 8.76%. The 182-day rate rose by 4 basis points to 9.53%, and the 364-day rate remain unchanged at 9.91%. Treasury bills are a secure short-term investment that is less than one year. They are issued on a weekly basis by the central bank on behalf of the government of Kenya. Treasury bills represent a borrowing by the government from the public for the purpose of financing the national budget. They are an attractive investment opportunity for both retail and institutional investors. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya announced its September bond issue and is looking to raise 50 billion shillings for budgetary support. In this regard, the Central Bank has invited bids for two reopened fixed-coupon treasury bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1-2022-010, with 9.6 years left to maturity, and a coupon at 13.49%. The second bond is FXD1-2022-015, with 14.5 years left to maturity, and a coupon at 13.942%. The bonds are now open for sale until Tuesday, the 13th of September. The auction will be held on Wednesday the 14th and the results will be announced on Thursday the 15th of September. Treasury bonds are a secure medium to long-term investment that is between 2 years and 30 years. They are issued on a monthly basis by the central bank on behalf of the government of Kenya. Treasury bonds normally pay out interest every 6 months for the duration of the bond. They represent a borrowing by the government from the public for the purpose of financing the national budget. Treasury bonds are an attractive investment opportunity for institutional investors because of the longer-term nature of their investment. Shifting gears to the Nairobi Securities Exchange, the equity market continued on its downward trajectory, with the NASI, the NSE20, and the NSE25 declining by 5.7%, 1.7%, and 3.4% respectively. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 17.5% for the NASI, 8.6% for the NSE20, and 13% for the NSE25. The market's performance was driven lower, mainly by losses recorded by large cap stocks such as Safaricom and Bamburi, which were down about 10% and 8%, respectively, while KCB Group and ABSA both declined by 5.3%. The gains recorded were few and far between, with stocks such as NCBA Bank, which was up 10.7%, while Diamond Trust Bank and Equity Group both rose by 2.5%. And as we come to a close, we look at the topical issue for this week, which is on the fuel subsidy. Kenya has so far spent 71.2 billion shillings to subsidize the price of fuel in the six months to June 2022. This highlights the burden that the fuel stabilization scheme has had on the national budget. Consumption data by the Energy and Petroleum Regulatory Authority shows that Kenya has spent an average of 11.9 billion shillings per month to cushion Kenyans from higher fuel prices. Without the subsidy, motorists would be paying prices as high as 214 shillings per liter for petrol and 206 shillings per litre for diesel. The fuel subsidy has however failed to stem inflation, which is now at 8.3%, and that is above the central bank's preferred range of between 2.5% and 7.5%. Looking ahead to next week, the key data to look out for is number one, The U.S. ADP Employment Change, which will be released on Wednesday. This is a measure of the change in the number of employed people in the U.S. The second data is the U.S. Non-farm Payrolls, which will be released on Friday by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This data represents the number of new jobs created during the previous month in all sectors but the agricultural sector. Hence the name, Non-Farm And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Colour podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please reach out to a friend and share the podcast with them. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, the Market Colour podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address that is JamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J A M U H U R I. Once again, Thank you for listening to the Market Colour Podcast. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, please do have yourselves a blessed and fruitful week ahead. Thank you.